Welcome to Legacy Christian Church. We're so glad that you're joining us today, and we invite you to open your Bibles as Pastor Shane brings the word. Well, thank you guys so much for being here for our uh, first Christmas as a church. Uh, This is super exciting, and uh, hopefully it only gets bigger and better from here. Um, Let's start with prayer. God, we thank you so much for bringing us here tonight, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together and celebrate this, your, your birth, God, uh, this moment that changes all of human history, this moment that changes our very lives, God, this moment that's meant so much to me and now so much to us as a community, Lord. This is the reason that we gather. This is the reason our church exists, because you came to earth in the form of a human, because you loved us so much and you sacrificed your life to make a way for us to have relationship with you. And so God, I pray that that joy and hope and peace that we have that stems from that one moment in time, God, would be palpable tonight, Lord, that we would just celebrate and worship you and have fun together and be a family in a way that we never have before uh, because of what you have done. And so Lord, we give tonight to you. We love you. We praise you. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So uh, for the whole month of December, we've been going through this series, Christmas Spirit, and we've been looking at, uh, you know, kind of using the, the Christmas carol structure to look at the original Christmas story. And we've been looking at how these three supernatural spirits appear to Ebenezer Scrooge, this curmudgeonly old man who hates Christmas because it it interferes with his ability to make money, and it's just an excuse for people to t- take time off of work and things like that. And uh, he, please silence your cell phones. Uh, he, he, he has this experience with these three spirits, and so we've been looking at how uh, in the Christmas story there are supernatural spirit messengers who come and give life-changing messages to people along the way, and we looked at how they impact our Christmas past. How, how the gospel, how this good news of Jesus, that God caring enough about us to come be with us here on earth, uh, how that heals our past, how it gives us uh, peace from that, that painful past that we've had, and how it gives us joy in the present that despite the current circumstances, despite the way things are right now, that we can have joy in this present time because it's not tied to our situation. It's tied to this incredible gift that we have from God. And then last week we talked about how, or this week on Sunday, we talked about how we have hope for our future because of this moment, because we know that we have an eternal relationship with God that cannot be broken no matter what. And so we can have hope for our future. Well, the Christmas Carol ends with Ebenezer Scrooge waking up on Christmas morning And he lives his life as a different person as a result of the experience that he's had, right? He's this curmudgeonly old man and spoiler alert for the movie we're going to watch in a couple of minutes, but uh, he wakes up on Christmas day and he is a changed person after everything that he's experienced, after he gets the Christmas message and the Christmas spirit, there's no way he can go back out and say bah humbug and uh, you know, not care about the poor and not care about his, his fellow man. And so he wakes up a changed person and he goes out and he celebrates and he comes to embody the Christmas spirit as he's you know, giving out Christmas turkeys to everyone that he meets and donating a bunch of money to the poor and giving his employees time off. Um, and so we really see this transformation in Ebenezer Scrooge. And we're going to look at tonight how that should be the response. When we get the Christmas message, when we get the Christmas spirit, we should be like that. We should have that change of heart. We should have that that new personhood. And so we're going to look at a couple people that encounter Jesus 
right after his birth. We've set the scene. Mary and Joseph have this, this week from hell, or week from heaven that they think is from hell, where they travel to Bethlehem, this podunk little town going 10 miles per day on a donkey because Mary is nine months pregnant and she's ready to pop. And they get into town and every place is full. None of Joseph's extended relatives are gonna let him stay with them. And so they end up in a barn with the animals and she goes into birth and she gives birth to a baby and there's nowhere to put him. And so they stick him in the feeding trough. And on top of that, shepherds come and now the whole place just smells. And it's this crazy chaotic week that they spend and then they go to Jerusalem in order to present Jesus after 40 days, they go present him in the temple. What happens after this, we see in Matthew 2, starting in verse nine, if you wanna flip over there. So this group, the, the wise men who, who we just sang about, uh, these group of, we're not really sure, we don't, we're not given a lot of background on them. Maybe they were you know, astronomers who, who had been studying the stars, maybe they were, uh, you know, magicians, who, who knows? But these wise men from the East are traveling and they say, hey, we've been tracking this, this uh, astrological phenomenon. There, there's something going on in the stars and we think that it's pointing to the birth of the Messiah. From looking at scripture, from, from everything that we can understand, there is this star that is alerting us to something special going on in Bethlehem. And so they come to King Herod and Herod says, Oh, hey, yeah, why don't you go find that? Go, go, go check it out and tell me if there really is a king that was just born. I, I'd love to meet him. And of course, Herod is going to want to kill that king so that he can stay king. And so the wise men are sent out to go find Jesus. Uh, my mom really hates the Bible and really loves uh, the nativity story as it is packaged by Hallmark. And so nothing drives her more insane than when I take the wise men figures and I put them like two or three rooms away for <laughs> biblical accuracy. Uh, but the wise men are not at Jesus's birth. They're not in the nativity scene. Uh, they are, you know, later. They're maybe a year, maybe two years later, uh, depending on how you read it. But this is their story. So Matthew 2 verse 9 says this, after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now, maybe next Christmas, we'll do a, a series about gold, frankincense, and myrrh and why they choose to bring these gifts. Uh, but the, this group of wise men, we're not told how many. They bring three gifts. That's why you usually see three of them. Uh, who, who knows? There could have been a lot more. You know, typically in this time when people are traveling, they're traveling in pretty big parties. So the, there could have possibly been a whole parade of people that show up with these gifts. And it's this joyous scene. And they are transformed by this experience with this baby. They fall down, they worship him, they, they lavish uh, these, these luxurious gifts on him and they go out and they're listening to God in a way that they weren't before and they're, they're following an angel's direction and they go back to their home country. And you can imagine the story that they must have shared when they got back to their home country. They're not going back and, and people are saying, hey, you know, tell me about that trip that you just took. And they're like, eh, it's okay. This is all a little, uh, you know, podunk town. There's a baby. He was in a feeding trough for some reason two years later. I'm not really sure why. That's not how it went. They came back and they said, man, you would not believe the experience that we just had. 
There was this star that, that impossibly guided us the whole way. And even though it doesn't make sense with the, with the physics and the science as the way we understand it, it reappeared and it, it seemed like it moved and it was showing us exactly where to go. And there were angels that told us not to go back to Herod. And we saw, we saw God in the form of a baby and we've never experienced anything like this. You better believe that they were going and sharing their story with their friends and anyone that would listen to them because they were changed by this experience with the baby. And so for us this Christmas, this is what we have to do. We have to be changed by our experience at the nativity scene. We have to be changed by our experience in encountering the birth of Christ. And so what does that look like? Real quickly, I'll give you these three things and then we're gonna close with some worship. First, we have to be repentant. Once we have come into contact with God, when we have have seen that Jesus really is who he says he is, that this Messiah has been born, when we come to that realization, we can't go back to living our old life. It doesn't make sense to go back living like I'm the king, living like I get to decide right and wrong, living like I get to be the Lord of my own life when I've seen the king face to face. And so this Christmas, we have to realize that whoever we've been up until this point, whatever decisions we've made up until tonight, we're being confronted with a baby and you can ask Kaylee and Nolan how much a, a baby changes your life. If you don't think a tiny little newborn baby can change your life, ask. <laughs> We're being confronted with this newborn baby, with this Christ, with the Messiah. And we can no longer pretend like we're the king. And so we have to repent and we have to live our lives in a new way. We have to live our lives in a way that is reflective of what the king wants. Our second point is this. We have to be generous. Like Ebenezer Scrooge waking up on Christmas morning, when we realize how special this moment is, how incredible this act of Christ coming and sacrificing himself in order to bring us into relationship with him really is, we have to be generous. We have to go out and we have to want to tangibly spread that cheer. We have to be willing to do whatever it takes to, to be generous to the people around us. You don't have to go buy a giant Christmas goose and send it to Tiny Tim in order to be generous. But be nice and do whatever you can. People need it, especially this year. There is this, uh, uh, so, so we have one garage spot in our apartment. Um, and so Rachel and I came to the very reasonable decision that she gets the garage every night. And so I park out on the street and it's freezing. And so every morning I have to scrape ice off my car, right? And there is this high school girl with California plates on her car that parks in the same general area as me. And I see her every morning and she goes out with a credit card every morning and is trying to scrape her windshield with a credit card. And she has yet to realize that if she just makes eye contact with me, I'm going to be generous and I'm going to do it for her. But I think she gets scared when she sees me out there with the ice thing or maybe she doesn't want to be judged. And so she always jumps into her car, turns up the heater and then runs the windshield wiper. And that is like the saddest thing ever. <laughs> so one of these days, I will be generous and I will scrape her windshield for her. Uh, or she'll you know, call security on me. Uh, we'll see. But do something extra. Do something tangible that, that shows love to the people around you because they need it. It can be something simple. It can be something, uh, you know, if you have the ability to do something bigger, do something bigger. But be generous because God was generous with us even though we don't deserve it. We, we talked a couple weeks ago about how we are the shepherds. We are the outcasts. We are the lowest of low. And yet God chooses us 
to be his messengers. He chooses us to build his kingdom upon. And so we have to turn around and spread that gratefulness to the people around us. Do something for someone this year. And the last point is this, spread the good news. If you've had this life-changing experience, if you've had this life-changing encounter with the birth of the Messiah, if you really come to the conclusion that the Christ, the King who was promised is here, don't keep it to yourself. Like I'm sure those wise men went back to their home country and told everyone who would listen, go tell people about what you've seen. Imagine for a second if you really believed this, if you actually thought that you were talking to the God of the universe who was real, how would you not tell people about that? I know most of you personally in this room, you talk about way less interesting things all the time. (laughs) RJ shares five stories from the DMV every day with us. If you were talking to God, you would be annoying. You You would talk people's ear off because you would be like, can you believe this? And so if we really believe it, if we really mean it, if we have actually met the king of the universe, we're gonna talk about it. And so this Christmas, I want you to be filled with that excitement. I think we become too familiar with Jesus. He's become too accepted. We've normalized the concept of our relationship with him too much. We're numb to how insane this really is. And so this is our opportunity to hit that refresh. This is our opportunity to be amazed Once again, this is our opportunity to not take him for granted. And so we get to come out of this Christmas season and tell everyone around us, everyone that will listen, you won't believe who I've met. You won't believe the experience that I've had. And so this Christmas, this is my challenge to you, church, that we be repentant, that we turn from our old way of living and we turn towards what the king is telling us to do, that we be generous that we spread that Christmas cheer to the people around us, that that we become a tangible expression of God's love in the way that we interact with the people around us, and that we spread the good news, that we fall back in love with God, that we realize how incredible this story actually is, and we get excited to tell people about it. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much. God, I thank you that, that you came here that you loved us so much that you didn't wait for us to find a way to you. God, you knew that we would never be perfect, that we would never be good enough, that we would never be able to make it to you on our own. And so you gave up everything to come and make a way for us. And God, I pray that 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 message would never become unspecial, that that message would always blow us away, that we would never take for granted the fact that we can come into the presence of the God of the universe, the one who spoke the very uh, stars and universe into existence, the God who is sustaining life in each of us, that we get to come into your presence. And so God, I pray that in light of this, this Christmas season, you would work in our hearts that you would cause us to be repentant, Lord, that you would cause us to turn away from the life that we've been living and turn towards what you want us to do, that we would become people who are marked by our obedience to our King, Lord, and that we would be generous, that you would so fill us with love and gratitude and appreciation that we would take that to everyone that we interact with, that people would love to be around us, that people would love the fact that we are Christians because it means we are generous. It means that we're willing to do whatever it takes to make people feel loved. 
And God, I pray that this Christmas season, you would make us people that spread your good news. God, that you would make us people who are so excited, so transformed and so impacted by our relationship with you that we have to take that message to everyone around us, Lord, that our friends, our family, our coworkers, the people we come in contact with would see us so in love with you that we can't help but talk about it and that we would make you attractive to them through the way that we talk about you and the way that we live our lives. God, we thank you that it is Christmas. We thank you for this community that we have to come together and worship you because of it. Lord, thank you. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.